Concept 32.2. Endocrine signals trigger hemostatic measures in target tissues. To maintain hemostasis and carry out other activities of the animal body, including behavior, the tissues, organs, and organ systems, must act in concert with another. What signals are used to coordinate activity? How do the signals move within the body? There are two sets of answers to these questions, reflecting the two major systems for coordinating and controlling an animal's responses to stimuli, the endocrine and nervous systems, figure 32.9. The coordination and function of the endocrine and nervous systems. In the endocrine system, signaling molecules released into the bloodstream by endocrine cells are carried to all locations in the body. In the nervous system, neurons transmit signals along dedicated routes connecting specific locations in the body. In each system, the type of pathway used is the same, whether the signal's ultimate target is at the other end of the body or just a few cells away. The signaling molecules broadcast throughout the body by the endocrine system are called hormones, from the Greek hormon, to excite. Different hormones cause distinct effects, and only cells that have receptors from a particular hormone respond. See figure 32.9a. Depending on which cells have receptors for that hormone, the hormone may have an effect in just a single location or in sites throughout the body. It takes many seconds for hormones to be released into the bloodstream and carried throughout the body. The effects are often long-lasting, however, because hormones can remain in the bloodstream for minutes or even hours. In, in the nervous system, signals called nerve impulses travel to specific target cells along communication lines consisting mainly of axons, see figure 32.9b. Four types of cells can receive nerve impulses, other neurons, muscle cells, endocrine cells, and exocrine cells. Unlike the endocrine system, the nervous system conveys information by the pathway the signal takes. For example, a person can distinguish different musical notes because each note's frequency activates different neurons connecting the ear to the brain. Communication in the nervous system usually involves more than one type of signal. Nerve impulses travel along axons, sometimes over long distances, as changes in voltage. In contrast, passing information from one neuron to another often involves very short-range chemical signals. Other, overall, transmission in the nervous system is extremely fast. Nerve impulses take only a fraction of a second to reach the target, and last only a fraction of a second. Because the two major communications systems of the body differ in signal type, transmission, speed, and duration, they are adapted to different functions. The endocrine system is especially well adapted for coordinating gradual changes that affect the entire body, such as growth, development, reproduction, metabolic processes, and digestion. The nervous system is well suited for directing immediate and rapid responses to the environment, especially in controlling fast locomotion and behavior. Although the functions of the endocrine and nervous systems are distinct, the two systems often work in close coordination. Both contribute, both contribute to homeostasis. In the remainder of this chapter, we'll explore endocrine regulation in the context of homeostasis. 
Later chapters will discuss the role of both endocrine and nervous systems in processes such as digestion and reproduction. At the end of the unit, in chapters 37 and thir through 39, we'll return to the nervous system for more in-depth investigations of its organization and functions. Simple Endocrine Pathways In exploring how endocrine signaling contributes to homeostasis, we'll begin with a simple endocrine pathway. In such pathways, endocrine cells respond directly to an internal or environmental stimulus by secreting a particular hormone. The hormone travels in the bloodstream to target cells where it interacts with its specific receptors. Signal transduction within target cells brings back a response. For example, we'll, con we'll consider the control of pH in the duodenum, the first part of the small intestine. During digestion, partially digested food passes to the duodenum from the stomach. The digestive juices of the stomach are extremely acidic and must be neutralized before further steps of digestion can occur. Coordination of this process relies on the endocrine pathway outlined in figure 32.10. As the contents of the stomach enter the duodenum, the low pH acts as a stimulus for certain endocrine cells, called S-cells. In the lining of the duodenum, the stimulated S-cells secrete the hormone secretin into the bloodstream. Circulating secretin reaches target cells in the pancreas, a gland located below, behind the stomach. Target cells in the pancreas respond by releasing bicarbonate into ducts, leading to the duodenum. In response, this response, the release of bicarbonate, raises the pH in the duodenum, neutralizing the stomach acid. Neuroendocrine pathways. Hormone pathways that respond to stimuli from the external environment typically rely on a sensor in the nervous system. In vertebrates, the hypothalamus plays a central role in integrating the endocrine and nervous systems. The hypothalamus receives information from nerves throughout the body, including the brain. Signals from the hypothalamus travel to a gland located at its base, the pinit the pituitary gland, which has pituitary gland, which has discrete anterior and posterior parts. Figure 32.11. On the next page, hormone signals from the hypothalamus trigger the synthesis and release of hormones from the anterior pituitary. These hormones, in turn, with in turn, often regulate other endocrine glands. Figure 32.11 highlights this regulation as part of an exploration of the human endocrine system. You may want to refer back to this figure in later chapters when we return to the topic of endocrine signaling and homeostasis. The posterior pituitary is an extension of the hypothalamus, see figure 32.11. It stores and releases two hormones synthesized by, neuro by neurosecretory cells of the hypothalamus. One is oxytocin, a hormone that regulates milk during the that regulates milk release during nursing in mammals, as part of the neuroendocrine pathway shown in Figure 32.11. Cycling by an infant stimulates sensory neurons in the nipples, generating nerve impulses that reach the hypothalamus. Nerve impulses from the hypothalamus then trigger the release of oxytocin 
which stimulates the mammary glands to secrete milk. We will discuss antidiuretic hormone, ADH, and, the other, and other posterior pituitary hormone later in the chapter. Feedback regulation in endocrine pathways. A feedback loop linking the response back to the initial stimulus is characteristic of endocrine pathways. For many hormones, the response pathway involves negative feedback, the same type of control mechanism we saw in figure 32.4 for a home heating system. In the case of secretin signal, signaling, see figure 32.10, the release of bicarbonate by the pancreas increases pH in the intestine, eliminating the stimulus and thereby shutting off the pathway. By increasing or abolishing hormone signaling, negative feedback regulation prevents excessive pathway activity. See figure 32.11. Whereas negative feedback dampens a stimulus, positive feedback reinforces a stimulus, leading to an even greater response. In animals, post positive feedback loops do not play a major role in homeostasis, but instead help drive processes to completion. Consider, for instance, the oxytocin pathway outlined in figure 32.11. In response to the circulating oxytocin, the mammary glands secrete milk. Milk is released in response to the oxytocin leads, leads to more suckling and therefore more stimulation. Activation of the pathway continues until the baby stops suckling. Other functions of oxytocin, such as stimulating contractions of the uterus during birthing, also exhibit positive feedback. Pathways of water-soluble and lipid-soluble hormones. The hormones we have discussed so far are polypeptides and are soluble in water, but not soluble in liquid, in lipids. Unable to pass through the plasma membranes of cells, they bind to cell surface receptors, triggering events at the plasma membrane that result in a cellular response. The series of changes in cellular proteins that converts the extracellular signal to a specific intercellular response is called signal transduction. A signal transduction pathway typically has multiple steps, each involving specific molecular interactions. See chapter 5. There are also hormones that are lipid-soluble, including the sex hormones estradiol and testosterone. The major receptors of these steroid hormones are located in the cytosol rather than on the cell surface. When a steroid hormone binds to its cytosolic receptor, a hormone receptor complex forms, which moves into the nucleus. See figure 5.23. There, the receptor portion of the complex alters transcription of particular genes. Multiple effects of hormones. Many hormones elicit more than one type of response. Consider, for example, epinephrine. This hormone, also called adrenaline, is secreted by the adrenal glands, which lie atop the kidneys. See figure 32.11. When you are in a stressful situation, perhaps running to catch a bus, the release of epinephrine rapidly triggers responses that help you chase the departing bus, raising blood glucose levels, increasing blood flow to muscles, and decreasing blood, flows to, blood flow to the di digestive system. How can one hormone have such different effects? Target cells can vary in their response if they differ in their receptor type or in the molecules that produce their response. In the liver, epinephrine binds to a B-type epinephrine receptor in the liver. In the liver, epinephrine binds to a B-type epinephrine 
epinephrine receptor in the plasma membrane of the target cells. The receptor activates the enzyme protein kinase A, which regulates the enzymes of glycolygen metabolism, causing release of glucose into the bloodstream. In blood vessels supplying skeletal muscle, the same kinase activated by the same receptor inactivates a muscle-specific enzyme. The result is smooth muscle relaxation, vasodilation, and hence increased blood flow. Figure 32.13b. In contrast, intestinal blood vessels have an A-type epinephrine receptor. See figure 32.13c. Rather than activating protein kinase A, the A receptor triggers a distinct signaling pathway that involving di different enzymes. The result is smooth muscle contraction, vasoconstriction, and restricted blood flow to the intestines. Evolution of hormone function. Evolution. Over the course of evolution, the functions of a given hormone often diverge between species. For example, a thyroid hormone, which across many evolutionary lineages, plays a role in, the regulating, in regulating metabolism, see figure 32.11. In frogs, however, the thyroid hormone thyroxine T4 has taken on an apparent unique function, stimulating reabsorption of the tadpole's tail during metamorphosis, see figure 32.14. Diverse functions have also evolved for many other vertebrate hormones. Hormone, the hormone prolactin has an especially broad range of activities. Prolactin stimulates mammary gland growth and milk synthesis in mammals, regulates flat, fat metabolism and reproduction in birds, and delays metamorphosis in amphibians, and regulates salt and water balance in freshwater fishes. These varied roles suggest that prolactin is an ancient hormone which functions, which, with functions that have diversified during the evolution of vertebrate groups. Now that we have introduced homeostasis and endocrine function, we will explore these topics in more depth by focusing on the processes of osmoregulation and excretion.